Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Our guest co-host, Claudia Jordan, is here. Yes, indeed. And we got a special guest in the building, Miss Tamika Mallory. Welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. How Thanks you feeling? for having me. I'm excited to be here Queen with y'all. Queen Mallory. You look cute. It's been a while. It's like been a that. long time. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. They invite me and I say no. Every time. <laughs> really? I tell, yeah, I have to tell them but, no. But you got a lot of work that you're doing right now. You got to get the word out about some things. It's a lot happening. I say, I'm, I've been telling people that the movement is on all cylinders mm-hmm. right now. It's mm-hmm. so many things, so many cases. Actually, I wrote stuff down because I, I was like, notes. bruh, I got to really know what uh, to inform people about, but there's a lot happening. I think, you know, the overall thing that we need to know is that our country is in big trouble and everyone, everybody is going to suffer as a result. But whenever we in trouble, black folks, brown people, we suffer the most. Mm-hmm. And You tried you know, to tell them we in a state of emergency. You see, you got I, your book sitting right here. It mm-hmm. is a state of emergency right. indeed. And it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like it's getting worse. I think also because a lot of people are so numb 
they don't really want to focus anymore. And mm. that's dangerous because there's just too many things to do, too much to know about. And we just need to be well informed about what we're up against. And I think that, you know, being able to call it what it is, that white supremacy, excuse me, and white vigilantism is on a rise. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're dealing with issues within our own community with mental health problems and poverty causing violence. There is a, it's a tension and a feeling in the country that I'm sure you all feel. Um, and it's really dangerous. It's not a comfortable space. And, you know, I don't think it gets better just by us ignoring the problem. How, how, how do you think we get around this fatigue? Because I do notice there is a fatigue, right? It seemed like we were all, all hands on deck, maybe 2020 in the height yeah. of all the, the George Floyd mm -hmm. pro protests and all that. Everybody seemed like, all right, we, we on this. And it seemed like everyone just kind of fell off. Not yeah. everyone. People no, like you, thank God for don't. you. But yeah. it seemed like there's a lot of fatigue right now. Like people just, ah, I'm tired of hearing about it. And that's well, pe people also, first of all, movements always are up and down. Mm -hmm. They never mm -hmm. stay consistent at one pace. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. People have to get back to their lives. Folks have families and things that they have to do. So that's normal. Um, but there is a fatigue that, unfortunately, I think doesn't change until people feel so uncomfortable mm -hmm. that they have no choice but to get back in the game. Um, and, you know, we try to continuously sound the alarm by making sure folks feel like there's a way for them to fit in and get in. Mm -hmm. But it's not until you start feeling it on your block and in your home mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, wait a minute, where's the where's the protest or who am mm -hmm. I supposed to be voting for? You know, what am I supposed to do to jump in the fight? So let's let's start. You know, a lot of people, they don't necessarily run because a lot of people don't know what's going on. Like we get bombarded with so much in the news and mm. half the time we don't know what's real or what's fake, what's mm. true, what's false. So mm. what, what what should we be focusing on now? What are you focusing on? Well, you know, I, that's, I wrote these things down so that, you know, we could kind of break things into different parts. Okay. Um, you know, in the summer 2020, since you brought that up, um, a lot of corporations were talking about their commitment to diversity. That was a whole thing. In fact, right. corporations made pledges for millions and millions, probably billions of dollars. Um, and certainly we've not seen that in the movement and across all spectrums of areas where uh, marginalized communities need support. Most companies have, have either, t you know, gone away. They, you know, un what do you call it? Out of sight, out of mind. Correct, yeah. um, and then some did a few things. And of course, we can't ignore that the recent um, news on Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. has certainly helped people find a way to say, oh, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be given to those causes. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, I, we talk all the time about how I call bullshit on a lot of it. Nonetheless, mm -hmm. it has been an issue. It is mm -hmm. an issue. Um, and so one thing I have been focused on is calling corporations back to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been working specifically on a company called Panini. And people are like, how did you get in sports um, and trading cards, sports memorabilia and trading cards? Like, where did that come from? But I always, I often remind people that every case we get involved with, we find out from the people. People mm -hmm. call us. They mm -hmm. call us and say there's a police brutality incident. Mm -hmm. They say something happened in the jail. That's how we got in parchment prisons. Um, which shout out to our, our family at Rock Nation, Nation and Team Rock because mm -hmm. we work to really make change in parchment. And I'm sure people in parchment are probably like, what change? You know, it's mm -hmm. still slow coming, but we did work with the local community in Mississippi to make some change there. Um, but this all comes from people calling us, elected officials, concerned citizens, scary folks that's like, don't tell nobody, it's my, you know, that I called. Right, right. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody hit me up and was like, hey, you should check out what's going on at this company, Panini. They have 
75% of their trading cards and their uh, talent, if you will, black athletes, black, black and brown, but primarily black athletes, a $3 billion company with no senior executives that are black people, mm. not even one. So when we found it out, we were like, okay, well, first of all, maybe we don't know. Maybe they just didn't put them on the website. We, you know, we're going to see. And um, we sent a letter to Panini. It took them a while to get back to us until it started to pick up in the media, especially after um, we sent letters to the NFL and the NBA and the Players Associations and all the others asking, why are you partnering with these folks or allowing them to use your talent? It's basically our people being exploited. Um, and so, you know, folks is like, well, how are you going to tell this company what they should do with their business? But, of course, we can't allow that because diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. is supposed to be the moral, like, heart of every business, especially when you're using our brands and then you won't hire our people and put them in senior-level positions. And the other thing is, it's like, what's the matriculation process for the people who already work there? They claim they have 10,000, I mean, excuse me, 10% of African-Americans work within the company so then what happens when those people apply do they even feel like they can apply Mm -hmm. for senior level positions so we've now heard back from panini we heard back from the mlb um uh, nfl couple you know uh people got back to us in the industry to say hey they support the cause for diversity and inclusion and 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 equity most importantly which is what this is about because there is a difference between equity and equality we need to be aware of that but Um, Panini got back to us and their response was that, you know, we are committed to diversity, but we understand that you're asking a deeper question about our leadership and we're going to hire somebody to come in and help us. But that's 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 so, you know, that's not enough for us. Mm -hmm. We need to sit at the table, have other people, advisors, people. I was thinking to myself that why would we not have uh, former retired players uh, and others be able to go work at Panini, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why not? Why this specific company, though? Because there's a bunch of billion-dollar companies that don't have black people in the C-suite. So why this specific company? Well, first, well, one, why not? Mm-hmm. So that's one, just mm-hmm. because they we, we found out, we went, we checked, and we did the work. Uh, but they're not the only company. You know, we've had similar conversations over the years with Walmart, with Verizon. Um, you know, and in fact, with Verizon, we went to them around Colin Kaepernick. Uh, to ask them why would they continue to sponsor and, you know, be partners with the NFL, knowing what was happening to Colin. Mm -hmm. So we find reasons to approach corporations all the time about their commitments or their said commitments to our communities. And from from my perspective, black folks in this moment, Mm -hmm. they need jobs. Like, they need jobs, they need opportunities. They need a seat at the table, right? Right. And, you know, some people say, well, entrepreneurship. Yeah, but while you're building, because all of us here are entrepreneurs, but we got jobs too. Does Panini feel that since they've given so much money away to students and especially college Mm -hmm. athletes, I know they do a lot with NIL deals, Mm -hmm. that because they're doing that, they necessarily don't have to because they feel like we're giving the community money? Well, they didn't say that, but the from our perspective, no. Like at until freedom, our perspective is regardless of how much you give away, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But then also now let's find out what social causes are you involved with that the players care about. Not mm-hmm. saying education is not one of those things, but there may be other issues. Gun violence might be an issue that you need to be invested in. Uh, you know, a, a number of issues, voting rights. Like there are other things that the players, again, that's why you have to have our people in, in senior level right. positions mm-hmm. to right. help make those 
those positions. So what kind of uh, action plans would you like to see Panini do to correct this like lack of diversity? Yeah. What would you like to see? Yeah, so first of all, they need to have an advisory committee mm -hmm. of individuals from our communities that mm -hmm. can help them look at the diversity issues. And when they say they're going to hire somebody, who are you going to hire? Don't hire your homie mm -hmm. who's who's going to say everything is okay. You just need to hire like two black people and that's right. it. You know, no, there needs to be a top down strategy. And there are a number of companies that do this. There are there are companies that have done a decent job. I can't say a great job, but a decent job of looking at their diversity issues through the eyes of people who look like us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one. But first of all, they need to have us at the table to help them decide how to move forward. Um, and that doesn't mean we're not asking them for a dime. So let's get that straight before mm -hmm. the Breakfast Club friends go talking about mm -hmm. we asking them for money. We're not asking them for anything. We're asking them for change. Now, what other companies are, are in a similar situation that you want change like that yeah, I know, I know you glad. look at like envy. There's a lot of them. I'm glad. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to answer you only because you know you never really let them know. Like Panini had no idea we were coming. Um, and when people, when you start calling names, folks get things straight. They start putting people on the on the website. They'd be like, "We're the website. Bring the website. <laughs> Bring the website here. Here. <laughs> Don't we got some Negroes in the basement? Bring them upstairs to take some pictures." Yeah. So mm -hmm. we won't do that, but we certainly are looking at other companies, you know. And um, we'll be talking about them as time goes on. It's actually sure. been amazing the dip in what we see. Like mm. I really felt like there was actually some, even if it was for optics. Mm. Some some type of effort being made. Oh yeah, and it some was of there. it was surface. Like you'd see the commercials, right? All mm -hmm. of a sudden, like every commercial of every company was like a black person was in mm -hmm. it. A lot of times, it was like an interracial couple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you saw people trying to make at least an effort publicly. It seems like they're not even giving a damn anymore what it looks like publicly anymore. Well, just to on that point, when we did the research to find. At every company, we sent letters by, by companies. I'm talking about the leagues and the players associations. Mm -hmm. We sent letters to the CEO. We also went to look for the diversity person, right? Because most companies have somebody. And we found that most of those people were hired in 2020. Like all the different mm -hmm. leagues, their diversity person came on board around 2020 and was well celebrated by the company. So that just goes to show you that movements work. Mm -hmm. That's first of all that, you know, for those people who think movements don't work, mm -hmm. it actually provided opportunities for some of our people. And I'm sure mm -hmm. depending on who the black person is in that seat, um, there's more happening within the community. But there's so much more that can be done. And that means that the movement can't stop because the job is not complete. Are people getting are they getting the, the to actually be able to work or is it one of those things where we're hiring them? Just, just for their face, yeah. but they're not actually being able to contribute. Well, you know what? I don't know. And I'm sure there's a little bit of all of that mm -hmm. happening, um, you know, because there, I, I know several diversity folks in different companies, and some of them are frustrated. Others feel like they're really being supported. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a mixture of that. But we don't know until, unfortunately, issues start to come up and you start asking questions. That's the reason why we have to have different examples. So Panini becomes an example which says to other companies, shit, they might be coming my way. Let right. me try to get my stuff together. When you talk about things working, um, Parchment is a good example of mm -hmm. things working. Yeah. Because right? I think the documentary comes out June 17th, exposing, exposing Parchment. What did the uh, work around, you know, what did the movement do for Parchment? 
So we found out about parchment again. People mm-hmm. call you mm-hmm. and, you know, tip you off to stuff that's happening. And in fact, in parchment, I have to give a shout out to many of the incarcerated individuals because they did the work. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that filmed the horrific conditions within the prison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never forget being in the car. I don't know where I was going to do an interview somewhere in the South. I remember getting a phone call from a woman that you could clearly hear. She was like 90-something years mm-hmm. old. And she was like, you know, my son, he said he sent you something. She said, could you please, you know, go look? Because, you know, on Instagram and other things, if you're not following the person or whatever, they send it. It's, it's a bunch of messages, way right? back mm-hmm. somewhere. In the, you know. And so I had no idea what was going on. But she called my attention to it. And so I, you know, looked in and saw all these videos, blood, mm. you know, uh, people hanging from you know it was just bad like rats mold terrible and at the same time we have family uh, our mississippi prison reform coalition folks out there rakia lamumba and others who are in mississippi they were friends so we contacted them from until freedom it was when we first started our organization contacted them like what can we do got everybody together yandy all our people like we're going to try to go and then at the same time had been already working with Um, Rock Nation, they also were getting calls. We went to them saying, let's combine our efforts. And we started rallying. You know, they put op-eds in the major newspapers. That's what happens when you work with people that have money. People don't understand why that's important to Mm -hmm. have access to capital. We talk about Harry Belafonte is someone who had access to capital. And Dr. King, yes, rest in peace to, uh, to Mr. Belafonte, Mr. B as we call him. You know, he had access to resources. So Dr. King was able to work with him and he helped and supported Dr. King to get his word out, to get his message Mm -hmm. out, to travel the world. So it's important when you have people, people get mad at me every time. Like, why do you keep saying Jay and them? They did. They helped us. They help us all the time to make sure we could get there, travel. It costs money to get on a plane and fly to a city and be in that city, you need security, it's a lot of things. So they we've combined our efforts. They're not activists, they're not on the ground. They allowed us to stage, they put the stage up, we got on it and did what we had to do. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, you know, work, and by the way, the people in Mississippi had already been doing this work for years. Mm. So we bought them some extra stuff and spiced it up and there was this big pot of gumbo that forced ultimately uh, the the state one to come in and look at the jail and say, okay, the prison, and say there's some serious human rights abuse and issues. And now there's a plan that they have to work through. The jail is responsible, the government is overseeing it, and the lawyers that were hired by team Rock and Rock Nation have been engaged um, and there's a, a, a lawsuit with many of the incarcerated people there. So again, it's not the fix-all. Mm-hmm. It's not. We can't, we, we, we're, we're well beyond fix-all, right? We've been dealing with this 500 plus years, so it's not the fix-all. But we've done our part to mm-hmm. at least move us a little bit closer to what it looks like for a more just society. You know, I want to ask, when, when it comes to stuff like that, like, you know, you protest, you march, when Rock Nation does something like a Khalif Browder doc or the Trayvon Martin doc <laughs> mm. or the Exposing Parchment doc that's coming, does that make y'all jobs easier? Yeah, it helps. Well, first of all, it helps because we get 
eyeballs on our work. People mm -hmm. get to see that it's actually something happening mm -hmm. because a lot of times we fall into this place where the narrative is like, this don't mean nothing. Nobody's doing anything. People are not focused. And so when you get to see us, because I'm in the documentary um, and you also get to see the local people, local people get ignored. You know, they get overlooked and you get somebody like a rock or whomever to go into a city. Even me, even I have to be careful because I have a brand that I can go into cities and drown out those individuals who are on the ground. So it's our mm. responsibility to mm. use every resource we have to uplift those people who are there. Um, we learned that, of course, in Louisville, Kentucky with Breonna Taylor. Um, and, you know, and so the, the documentary helps people to see the work. It also helps people to see the elements that went into the types of people, like how much collaboration it takes. It's not just marching. It's not just policy. It's not just legal strategy. But all of it coming together is what makes up a movement. So, yes, those documentaries are important. I mean, when we go back and watch documentaries of the past, That's if right. you are a true st student of history or if you really want to understand how we even ended up here, good or bad, it, you go back and you watch old mm -hmm. documentaries and read books and you can figure out or really kind of trace the steps of what has taken place before us. You're on the front lines. Do you ever get discouraged? Hell yeah, I get and discouraged. And do you ever feel like, what am I doing? I get I get more than discouraged. Yeah. I get pretty nasty about it. I send text messages <laughs> in the middle of the night, like saying <laughs> words, bad words. You know, lately I've been saying, you got to stop texting this stuff because these things are going to be historic, like right. documents. Yep. Like people going to print your text messages out and be like, fuck these niggas, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying, why do I do this again? Like, so, so where's but, your motivation come from on those days when, you know, we see the wins, right? Yeah. But there's the days where you probably I don't know about the sleep. wins well wins are I'm not pro progress yeah, progress a little bit of progress mm -hmm. a little bit of progress because wins I don't feel like I'm there mm -hmm. yet you know and may you know whatever some people would argue that we should be careful not to appreciate the things we've been able to accomplish and which we have many things but I think my my I always say that my investment in this movement is very selfish it's not like, oh, I'm doing it because of the other children and the other people. It's my own family, like mm -hmm. my me. You know, I want to be able to drive and feel comfortable and walk around in society and not be treated differently or othered. I want my son to be protected. And now I have a grandchild, you know, and here this is a young girl or a baby who's going to grow up in this society. What is it going to look like? I don't want to leave here with people saying, like, well, what did you do to contribute? And I'm over here pointing at, oh, well, they did. Right. No, we have a responsibility. And I think that's where every, you know, when I get up, and some days, Claudia, it's turned into a situation where I go to bed like, I promise you I will not do shit else for these people mm -hmm. because of all the stress mm -hmm. that I go through, the attacks, the lies, the this and that. I'd be like, that's it. And then I'd be like, which people? Our people? Like, in the morning when I wake up, I'm like, let me go to work because right. this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Calling on your life is something. Well, I was telling you that, mm -hmm. which you didn't respond to, That's but I was true. texting you about that, you know, when you start, it's like a revelation that happens in you and you know you've been called. You I didn't reply to that. No, sir. I know exactly what that convo was about. That was about. Mm, yeah. But you didn't yeah, yeah, respond. Yeah. What a friend. I was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, no, can, we, can, we take, can we stop for one second, though? 
This is what a grandma looks like in 2023. God damn, man. Think about what grandmas used to look like 30, 40 years ago. Right. Yeah, they was looking good, too. They just, you know, it was just different. But they, they taught us. They made us look That's like right. this. It's a fountain of youth. I was going to sure. ask you, you know, with, with, with everything that you do, do you ever feel like I'm doing it for nothing because it's the same storyline over and over again? You know, you fight for, for this family here, and then a day later, this happens same here. Situation. And then a day later, this happens here. And it feels like... I keep fighting and nothing changes because we see it all the time. And, and it feels like people's mentality of, of how they look at us never change. I shifted my um, perspective on that because I did have that. And it was it sent me into depression, sent me into addiction, sent me into a bad, dark place. So I shifted my perspective to understand through therapy, which is incredibly important, mm-hmm. um, that it's, my job is to just take the baton and pass it along. It's not to fix the problem. Got you. So that's what happens is when we think that, like, if it's it starts with us and ends with us, we're the end all be all. We got to fix it. Like how if we die and it hasn't been fixed, we failed. That is not realistic um, and it's not true. Our responsibility is to be able to show that we got in the game and it got it was better because of us, right. um, that we passed it along to others just like someone passed the work on to us. And so I, I now in, in that in, in that light or understanding that I feel like I'm doing a great job. I don't think that we're winning, but I think I'm doing a great job of being committed and focused on something for 30 years of my life. This is all I know. This is what I've been doing. I mean, you know, I'm working. I do other things. Obviously, I'm an author. Thank you, um, Lenard. Um, And I I have other consulting businesses and all of that. But this one thing is my passion. And it's what I do every day when I wake up and before I go to bed. And I believe that God blessed me. Like, I feel so blessed to be called like Mm -hmm. you know how oh man he put it on you Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you actually have the discernment and the understanding he gave you a voice and a power and relationships Mm -hmm. like you're a real blessed person if you get all that i have um and and you're able to be in as many rooms and spaces as i've been in and to have so many families Mm -hmm. that are my that's my family you know, I I have so many family members out there that we met through tragedy, but these are my people. Right. We're lucky to have people like you and have you specifically you, because, you know, it's always, when are they going to do something? And you're the they that we talk about. Mm. You know, we're the they that we need because a lot of people don't have that in them to go do that, and you do it for us, so thank you. I appreciate that, Claudia. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to us about, a, a was it, I, I might be pronouncing the sister name wrong, Ajika Owens? Man, boy, I tell you what. Um... I was on a conference call last night with Angela Rye and Amanda Seals and, I mean, Alicia Garza, Ben Crump, everybody, Jeff Johnson. The names go on and on. All the, the people, Christy Henderson mm-hmm. um, is, it was the coordinator of it. Um, and first of all, the brilliance in this movement. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. To be on that call, I just wish it could be taped so everybody could see the thoughts and the people working together to try to help get justice for this woman's family what happened to her um, is it seems to be very clear. At least it's clear to me. And you know, Crump before he gets in, attorney Crump um, before he gets involved in things, he kind of knows what what happened for mm-hmm. the most part. So it seems it appears that the neighbor was a menace already. Like she had been harassing. This is the story you gave the lady Donkey today too, right? Yes. No, no, no. no, no we no. just talked to. We just talked about Ted. We talked right? about it this morning. We yeah, talked about this morning. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it seems that she had already been harassing the children and people in the community. 
Um, and this particular day, the kids were playing next door, which you guys probably already discussed. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, the kids were playing next door in a field and she thinks she owns the field. So she's neighborhood Karen. She thinks she mm -hmm. owns the field. She tells them when to come and go. The iPad was still in the field when the young man noticed it. All the kids were inside. He noticed his iPad was there. He ran out to go get it. She already had it. Somewhere along the line, she he approached her to get the iPad, and he she hit him with something. Mm -hmm. Um. So... Uh, his and called him the N word. Um, what ages were the kids? Do the, you know, well, this young man, the the young boy is nine. Nine. Um, and this and 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 AJ, as they affectionately call her, AJ Owens. She has four children, mm -hmm. and so I think the youngest one is two. Okay. Um, and so uh, she, so he went and got mama, and mama came back to talk to the woman, get the iPad, probably ask, you know, what, why did you why hit, you hit my, my child, child right? all of that. And um, the woman shot her through the door, shot Jesus. her through the door and killed her. I mean, period, you know. And though to add insult to injury, which is very similar to what happened to Jordan Neely, uh, or at least what happened to Daniel Perry, mm -hmm. the man who killed Jordan Neely, is this, this thing where you can just go down to the precinct, they ask you a few questions, and then you just white, and they say, okay, you can go home after you've killed somebody. Right. It is amazing that they, it's like, do you mind coming in and talking right. to us? Yeah, we just oh, want to ask maybe you for formality. And let you go home. And, then and don't, let don't release her name. Well, yeah, they didn't release her name, but we know what it is. Uh, her name is Susan Lawrence. Thank you. I believe that's her name, Susan Lawrence. Um, and, you know, again, people in the neighborhood know her. But let me just say, on the issue of people getting to go home. Did, go. did she call 911 at all? So she didn't call 911 until after she shot this. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Because, you know, usually it's self-defense, and if the door yeah. was closed, the door she was wasn't, closed, there was no way that she felt like her life was in danger. I mean, you got to, come on. There's and she'll no, try to use stand your ground, of course. It's a lot of things that I think they're going to try to use. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have a mental mm -hmm. illness thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to try a lot of things. So but why stand people the only people that are allowed to be mentally ill? Because with us, we don't get that grace. No, we don't. But let me say that um, one of the things I want to make sure we mention is that this is not a new issue or a new concern. If you think about Emmett Till and other cases of the past, mm -hmm. there was a time when white people could literally decide that you made them feel uncomfortable or you you committed some criminal act. They didn't have to be in law enforcement. They could decide your punishment, kill you, whatever they want to do, and there was no consequences for mm -hmm. it. So we're going backwards to a time when that is now a thing again, mm -hmm. that you just go on downtown and tell Billy Bob, Officer Billy Bob, everything was cool. You know, I just shot me a nigga today. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -mm -mm. It's just, and, 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 and of course, I hope we understand not to say that it, it's okay when it happens to men because we, we fight for black men all the time. Our entire movement has been focused on black men, but now they're killing black women. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to Breonna Taylor. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Breonna Taylor and her family. Look, happy birthday. She would have been 30, 30. years old, wow. man. 30 years old. Uh, a young, beautiful life taken. Her boyfriend, Kenny Walker. Uh, thankfully, the charges that the officer had against him have been dropped. So he's now free and clear to live his life. But... Um, yesterday, yesterday, I don't know when this that, well, That's the case with staying your ground work for a black person, right? Yeah, what? what um, In Kenny Walker case? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yes, kind of, mm -hmm. yes, and yes. Yes, They yes. charged him at first, but then they eventually They charged him, but they yeah. dropped it. Mm -hmm. They never admitted it. 
That's the point. Gotcha. Nobody ever said that he had the right to do what he did or whatever, but he did, mm-hmm. right? And I think that they dropped the charges for a different reason, which is because they don't want to have to go to court and lay out the details. Gotcha. They're trying to gotcha. push it, you know, sweep it under the rug. Gotcha. It would make them have to do too much. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, um, so the, the the attorney general in Kentucky, y'all talked about this Daniel before. Cameron. His name is Daniel Cameron. Mm-hmm. This man... Um, was responsible for the prosecution of the officers. He was responsible for finding justice, Mm -hmm. right, as the attorney general because the local government decided that they didn't want to try the case. It was too close with the police uh, department and the local DAs and whatever. So they pushed it to the attorney general. First of all, Daniel Cameron is a cop lover. He has videos out there talking about how he will defend police and law enforcement until the end. He will do whatever is necessary to stand with police. So he had the case and had a, ju- a grand jury impaneled, which he they went and they presented a case to the grand jury. Um, of course, the the and which is what we fight against the grand jury proceedings being secret. That's a problem because you don't know what's happening. You don't know what they're presenting, what the witnesses, what's going to happen. So the grand jury comes back and returns uh, their decision, which is to charge one officer with shooting through the wall. Mm -hmm. And that could have hurt the people on the other side. It didn't, but it could have. And so that charge was called wanton endangerment, and that's what the person was indicted on. They never came back with any charges about Breonna Taylor being Mm -hmm. murdered. But when Daniel Cameron did his press conference to announce what happened in the grand jury, he said that the jurors decided that no charges would be brought against those officers for killing Brianna. That's a lie. Why do we know that? Not because what Tamika Mallory is saying. The jurors came forward, Envy. The jurors, there was about four of them that did an interview saying we were never presented with anything for Breonna Taylor. We kept asking when Mm. y'all going to talk about Breonna and they never brought it up Mm. because that's what you can do. That's why they say you can indict a ham sandwich is you go into the jury pool in the jury room and do whatever you want. Present the case that you want that gives you the outcome that you desire. Mm-hmm. And he went into in there and didn't want to charge those officers, and so they didn't. So now he's got the audacity. I was about to call him names, and then I thought about it. I'm on the radio. Mm-hmm. He went in there, and no, now he's running for governor. Like, yeah. what? That's crazy. Like, how do you get rewarded? Mm-hmm. And he might win. Well, if let me tell you something. I don't want to say, I don't want to put wish death on myself or anybody, but I promise you, we're going to fight them like Please. cats and dogs in the street. We, um, yesterday on Breonna Taylor's birthday, uh, her mother started off the donation to our organization, to Until Freedom, for our efforts. We are asking, she may, I didn't even know she was going to do this. She asked people to match her by donating $30, $300, $3,000, whatever you can uh, in, in honor of her daughter uh, being 30. Um, and we're opening two offices in both of the more urban neighborhoods, you know, communities in Kentucky, which is in Lexington and in Louisville. And these are places where, you know, supposedly low propensity voters, which which Linda Sarsour, my partner at Until Freedom, often says they are high potential voters mm-hmm. because they don't really come out unless they're motivated. And we're about to knock on doors until November. We're going to put ads up on TV. We're going to make sure that every Everybody, Lottie Dottie and everybody mm-hmm. knows about Daniel Cameron and what he did to Breonna Taylor's family. How, how do you protect Absolutely. yourself in situations like that? Because that's dangerous. 
Yeah. Like well, to go post up in Kentucky and like go against this guy who's got a massive support in Kentucky. How right. do you protect yourself? Well, we're going back again, again because remember yes. we lived there for four months mm-hmm. under mass surveillance by law enforcement and white supremacists, and there's like video to show what we experienced. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know. We First of all, we have security 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, which is important. But, you know, security is not necessarily able to stop some crazy person from driving a car mm-hmm. through the window of your office or whatever. Mm-hmm. So are y'all being set up? You know, what I mean, that's oh, stuff but, like that. But 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 before we even get to the point of physical harm, mm-hmm. Watching, just watch. You're going to be like, you got to come back and talk about this. They're going to have articles out in a minute That's about right. everything we ever did wrong, who's, right. who paperwork ain't right, what organization did this, who, which is why I don't like to get into a back and forth about whether or not somebody bought a house in BLM. Mm-hmm. I don't like to get into that because I know what that conversation is all about. Mm-hmm. And I know who it benefits for us to get stuck in that. They want to discredit our movement so that they can make sure that no Nobody that nobody donates to Tamika Mallory either. Mm-hmm. We all criminals. But we all not BLM frauds. though. Let's be- I'm not. I'm of course I'm not. Yeah. I, I, we said that on this show so many times. But you're clear. right. It, repetition matters. Yeah. I'm not in the organization Black Lives Matter. Um, and but I'm just saying that I I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. This is not the first time. They they don't they actually don't do anything new. They repeat the same script over and over again. It's just that there are new players involved. Mm-hmm. So you think you in something new. Mm-hmm. But they literally have intentionality right now around discrediting our movement. It doesn't mean you shouldn't ask questions. There mm-hmm. should be no accountability. That's not what we're talking about. But when we start going down that rabbit hole, there's a reason why they want us to stay there. And so what will happen is that in the next couple of weeks, especially if Daniel Cameron feels like our movement is a danger to him, you'll start hearing who slept with who, Mm -hmm. Johnny, you know, shot somebody when he was 12, who went to prison. That's what they're going to do to try to discredit the people locally and nationally who will be there fighting him. But we... Despite it all, mm-hmm. despite it all, we gonna be there. We have to stop eating that up, though. We're so quick to be. Like, oh, I knew it was a scam, and mm-hmm. we have to stop being so skeptical yep. of each other. Yep. Because yep. I saw that happening in real. I'm like, oh, like. But there are in-house? scams. There are scams. Mm-hmm. And guess what? White people run them every day. That's right. But they don't. I feel like they don't. Air their, <laughs> yeah. I feel like they air their laundry like we do sometimes. No, no. It. You'll never. You will never see. Like, I give you a, an example, the women's movement, mm-hmm. right? They got all kinds. I know we were in it, mm-hmm. right? In the women's march, Y'all we were in it. it. Y'all started we it. was in, we, we, we were leaders of the women's march. We know all about the stuff that goes on internally, but you don't know who's about people's salaries. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know how much they make in these major women's organizations and other um, organizations that have or social cause organizations that have people that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. You tell me what's their salary. It doesn't come up. Mm-hmm. You don't know what house they have, where they live, how much money they spent. And if there is an issue, they deal with it internally. When it became public that there was a fight, which wasn't even about money, 
it was because it was women of color mm -hmm. at the helm of it. So we just have to be aware of that. That does not mean that you don't have the right to say, I gave $100, $200,000, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and I want to know what is being done with my resources. I'm not telling people not to ask those questions. I'm saying that what we see going on right now is not about asking questions. It is about creating a, a, a creating um, a, a dissension campaign or whatever against mm -hmm. Our movement as a whole, and and yeah, I'm not in BLM at all. I have nothing to do with the money, never received the dime. In fact, I asked them for a million dollars, and I'm still waiting on somebody to respond. Mm. So I, 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 this is not about mm -hmm. that, but I'm also... I also am clear that I don't get to separate myself from this whole movement mm -hmm. because I know I, I only raised, my organization raised $3 million when BLM received $90 million. So that's why we asked for a million, which is not even enough because we was in the street in the summer of 2020 and we know that people went on their phone and said, I don't, I, I'm not going to look for a particular name. I'm just going to give money to BLM. So I feel they owe me money. Right. I think they have some of my money. Mm -hmm. So we asked for a million dollars. But I, I, I understand that this movement, everything that happens, there are implications for all of us. Mm -hmm. If something happened with you, mm -hmm. Envy, mm -hmm. I've been watching you for the last few days. I talked to you. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It impacts everybody that's close to you. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. So I, I just want to put that message out there. Be careful what you allow yourself to get dragged into. What Absolutely. would you say to people who say y'all should just focus focus on getting money? Forget yeah. all the marching and everything. I'll just focus <laughs> on getting the money. I mean, you know what? And some of my family in the movement, some of my great brethren um, feel that way now. And... I have debate back and forth about again the collaboration and the and the and the the need for all of us to be working together or at least not getting in anybody's way. So whether it's opportunity or white supremacy, either thing has a different perspective of how you address it. The march brings attention to an issue. Then you have people who might be there from a financial perspective to say, well, look, we're, we're building ways that we don't even need police anymore. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. everybody knows there's a problem. And now there are new people coming along to say or other people coming along to say we're going to build a new system. Right. Then there's politicians. But he, it, that also have their role. But here's here's a, another important point. All my brothers and sisters who are out here doing financial Upliftment. What is it called? The financial, financial literacy. literacy. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's something else. Financial development, economic development, mm -hmm. right? There's a strong movement, and I support it. They make laws that control what you do. Mm -hmm. You, 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 you're not. You're not just out here thinking that your money. You're gonna just be able to put your money together in a shoebox. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to use a bank create a bank, mm -hmm. you're going to have to have tax codes. Mm -hmm. There are laws. So those laws mean that you got to have elected officials that you have to vote for that make the laws. Mm -hmm. And then how do you get elected officials that you believe will support your interests? You need movement to be behind those people. So none of us could be disconnected from one another. We all play a role in how even the big economic strategy, the exodus that we are planning, that is being planned, I hope, there's still going to be rules, laws, and other things that apply. And lastly, I will say that most of our people ain't where some of us are. Mm -hmm. 
So most of our people live in the projects right now, and they need their city council person to make sure that they don't have rats, that they have light, mm -hmm. that they have heat today. So while you're over here in the lab strategizing on this plan for how we're going to invest together and build together and crypto and all of that digital money and all that stuff, over here... Jojo, who lives in the projects that doesn't even have a cell phone to watch our lives and to show up at our conferences and all of that, he needs lights, water, food, job. His baby needs pampers right now. And there are people who run for office every day from the federal level down who are responsible for that. And we have to be a part of that process. How can people donate if they want to donate? To Untold Freedom? Yes, absolutely. Child, we need y'all to donate so bad. Lord have mercy. Before you talk about donations, I just want to make sure we mention Shanquella Robinson mm -hmm. today. Um, there's still a fight to get the State Department. You got to remind people what that case oh is. When God. you said her we name, so I, did, I was like, damn, I don't know. You had to go back and I pull. I think about Let it. Let me like, make sure I got, yep, I did all She's my She's the sister who got killed in Mexico, right? Yeah, yes. she was killed in mm -hmm. Mexico. And, yeah. and, and oftentimes, because it was people who looked like us, we, we you know, it. we yeah. forget about it mm -hmm. and we like, oh, well, I had some a group tell me and it was a deep like this is I, I know we got to go. But this was like really messed me up. I called the group. I said, yo, we going to D.C. We about to protest, you know, and make sure that they extradite. The State Department has the power to extradite the one aggressor that we see in the video beating on assaulting Shanquella. They have the ability to extradite them because Mexico claims they filed all the paperwork to get that person so they can prosecute. So. I, so I call my people. I'm like, yo, Mimi and DC, like we gonna do this thing. We gonna do a press conference. And one woman, I don't, I don't, I would wish I could mention her name, but she's a powerful organizer. Said to me, I can't do it. She said because we believe we 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 are abolitionists. We don't believe in turning our people over to the police or to mm -hmm. extraditing them mm. to. A, we believe in give them to us and let us deal with the issue. And I was like, yo, this kind of messed me up. Because I never, I didn't think about that. That, you know, there are people among us that not saying that she thinks, she knows that mm -hmm. what happened is wrong. And in fact, she came and stood behind the cameras. But her position was, I can't be a part of turning our people over to this system. We need a mechanism for addressing injustice, violence, and all of that in our own community. So we got mm -hmm. a lot of things to think about. And with that being said, you can donate to Until Freedom by going to UntilFreedom.com, which is the safest, best way to mm -hmm. get us donations. Um, but, of course, if you want a cash app and Venmo and all of that, we're Until Freedom. Spell it properly because people have stolen our stole, whichever is the right way to say yep, yep. it, our um, colonized. name, colonized our name, <laughs> and they put one extra E, one the mm -hmm. L's or whatever, and so a lot of our um, donations were going to these other accounts. So Until Freedom, U-N-T-I-L-F-R-E-E-D-O-M, on all platforms you mm -hmm. can give. And um, did we get everything on, on the notepad? Um, I think so. Let me see. Oh, Cop, oh, no, Cop City. City. Okay. Cop City. Cop City, which they voted today to pass the budget. So that wow. happened overnight. Wow. So Cop City, for folks quickly, is in Atlanta. Um, man, they did such a good job of keeping all the people who usually would have been on the issue, like celebrities and others, they kept them unaware mm -hmm. of what was even happening. They made it a classism thing where the only the organizers, shout out to Queen Yanastaha, mm -hmm. um, shout out to uh, uh, attorney Gerald Griggs, uh, who was the head of the Atlanta NAACP. Shout out to my homeboy, Marcus T. Coleman. It's a bunch of people out there uh, uh, that did a lot of great work. Kimberly Latrice Jones. 
Um, and so basically, Cop City is a place that is being designed to train police officers from around the country. So in DeKalb County, mm-hmm. um, Andre um, Dickens, the mayor, is creating a city. And by the way, people want me to mention that this was not his plan. It came from Governor Kemp and Keisha Lance Bottoms. And then he had the ability to keep it going or to cancel the project. So they are building this facility. Now, here's there's a lot of issues with that because, mm-hmm. by the way, police have the most training ever. Rayshard Brooks, who was shot and killed while running away in Atlanta, we all watched it on video. He had, the officer who killed him had 200 hours of training. Dang. 200 hours of training. Mm-hmm. They have millions and millions, billions of dollars in training, but they don't take the same $60 million that was approved last night in the city council. If you go to Atlanta and go downtown, why don't we use that to put unhoused people in housing? That's right. That's why don't right. we use that for mental health issues? They said, well, gun violence is a big issue. Kids that have jobs and opportunities, people that mm-hmm. have jobs and opportunities, they not shoot. do they shoot in your community? No. Do they shoot in your community? Mm-hmm. They don't shoot in mine either. They shoot in your, no, mm-hmm. because you know why? Most of the people in our communities have resources, they have jobs, they mm-hmm. have opportunities. So if we take $60 million and invest it over here, maybe we won't even need as many police. But to add insult to injury, they have a group of individuals there training people called the IDF, which is the Israel Defense Forces. Now, it, the Israeli Defense Forces. Now, everybody got different politics on what they feel about Palestine and Israel and all of that, and we're not getting into that today. What we do know, which is a fact, is that the Israeli Defense Forces kill people and children in um, Israel, Palestine, every day with impunity. Maybe not every day, but very often. They killed a two-year-old yesterday or the day before, okay? Mm -hmm. They are a violent military, violent military, with massive human rights abuses. And this is not Tamika Mallory. This is Amnesty International. This is the United Nations that has talked about the Israeli Defense Fund, which American U.S. tax dollars go to them. Our money helps to in, to to uh, invest in the work that they do, killing people, and um and and I won't even get into all of the politics around why they're in um in is in Israel because we could go down a rabbit hole there, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is a human rights abuse against another group of people. But I said I wasn't getting into it, and then I said it right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so so this is these are the folks that they're going to allow to come in and do training. We already dying. We're already mm-hmm. dealing with a racist, abusive policing system in the U.S., which doesn't even have laws federally, federally or locally enough laws to protect citizens, black folks, and you're going to slap Cop City in the middle of DeKalb County and have some forces from a, a, a violent, dangerous, racist military to come and train the people? That is what they're going to say. It's all first response. There's going to be people there from, you know, firefighters. They're going to have there's an element that cannot be ignored. And that is the police training that will take place in the facility. And that is a problem. The police association, I think that's their name. Excuse me if I got it wrong. Um, They are the ones that's coordinating the whole space. Mm. And so the 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 basically the 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 resources that um, the city council approved are to lease space for the responders and others to be trained. And, but the policing situation is the main focus of the facility. So I, I I called out Mayor Dickens because brother, how dare you? You as a black man know 
what we've been through. You called so many of us and told us that there was going that there was going to be change. And now, under the guise of safety, public safety, when I can tell you right now that they do not have a program the way that we do in New York, where there's hundreds of millions of dollars going towards grassroots organizations like Erica Ford, like A.T. Mitchell, mm-hmm. and so many groups that do work here. And the data proves that when you invest in grassroots organizations, they do real work to make change and to stop and reduce violence in communities of color. They do not have a robust program like that in Atlanta. And you have the audacity to jump past that, go put money in Cop City and not invest in your people to really, truly keep people safe. It's it's wrong. Why would Keisha Lance Bottoms all Andre Dickens want it? Well, because people, elected officials, which is an important point, right? They get nervous. Mm -hmm. And Governor Kemp is a bully. So first of all, the fact that you in bed with Governor Kemp about anything is problematic to me. Mm-hmm. But they get nervous. And so when they start feeling the pressure from the governor and all these people, because a lot of our folks don't understand what true public safety looks like. We've been taught that public safety is uh, locking people up. Mm-hmm. But the police exist now. There's police all over Chicago, and still there was 50-something people shot Memorial Weekend. That's right. So policing is clearly not solving the problem. But going back to the original question, are they shooting in your neighborhood? Are they shooting? Right. So we see what mm. needs to be done. Yeah. And it is, it, is, it is intentionally being ignored, and they are fattening the pockets of the policing system and then not even giving true accountability measures to keep people accounts, uh, accountable. You cannot train racism and white supremacy. You can't out-train it. You have to convict it. You have to lock it up, and you have to give it consequences so that people will know, I could be as racist as I want as my, at my kitchen table, but I can't take that shit to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Tamika Mallory is her name, us, yeah. man. Wow. Make sure y'all support our good sister, Tamika Mallory. Absolutely. Donate to Untell Freedom. That's Untell. Untell. Untell Freedom. <laughs> yes. uh, subscribe to her podcast, Street Politicians, with the good brother, my son. And uh, pick up her book, State of Emergency. Thank all right, you. No. Thank you. You so did all this us. stuff. That's yeah. right. My brother, my son. <laughs> awesome. He was just up here. That's right. That's right. Love well, y'all. Tamika Mallory. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Right. Hold up. on one second. We just got to do something for BT. All right, when we come back, we have more with Tamika Mallory, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club on BET. All right, we're back. We're still kicking it with Tamika Mallory. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Tamika Mallory. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club on BET. Cool. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot. 
but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.